0: That's joinMIDI.com.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
3: Good morning. Good morning all from Washington, D.C. Oh my gosh, I can, I can smell the military-industrial complex from here. It is so terrific. I will tell you, Washington. Oh, the scent of lobbyists in the morning. It is terrific. How is everyone? It is great to have you in my home. This is the home I grew up in. Um, my dad is in bad shape. But Sorry. he's uh, fighting a good fight, and uh, it's so good to see him and get an opportunity to see him, and it's great, too. He's a big supporter, no kidding, of this show. So there's a certain special quality to continuing to do the show, even as uh, I visit my dad during some uh, some choppy water. Uh, Kim is here. Albert is here. and We have a really great show today. Uh, some major announcements uh, and, um, special guest, of course, coming up right away. And then a second special guest at the bottom of the hour to talk about uh, politics, the addition of Nikki Haley to the presidential race, most of Tetschen Ukraine, uh, documents, Biden, his legal struggles, and now my favorite part
4: of this song. Uh, <laughs>
3: but I don't want to put it off any, uh, first of all, uh, p- thank you for welcome us. Someone, one of you who is on Twitter can get an automatic retweet because none of us ever remember to tweet the fact that the show is on the air. Still thousands come here. It's an amazing thing <laughs> when you think about what we're overcoming, but one of you can hit Twitter with a link to the show now, and we will retweet Albert will retweet it. And then I'll retweet it. Uh, when I get an opportunity. So, uh, Somebody let the Twitterverse know that we're on the air. Okay, uh, much to do. I want to start in the um, celestial plane. And, Albert, if you will sting me, I will welcome our first guest.
4: The Mark Thompson Show.
3: I can't believe we've got this guy. I mean, he's really the guy. Astronomer, researcher, author and popularizer, if that's a word, Mm -hmm. of science. It's great to have such a terrific ambassador for science. I feel as though that's something that science needs more than ever. Please welcome, yeah, from the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles, Edwin Krupp, everybody. Come
5: on, come on.
3: Ed Krupp, this is so cool to have you on our show.
5: Uh, Thanks an awful lot. It's fun to see you, and uh, if I could retweet, I would. But uh, it's (laughs) (laughs) all
3: you are doing. All you need to do. All right. We we have others to retweet. Um, Look, I first of all, any excuse to have you on because I just think your takes on the universe, on the uh, the cosmos and its beginnings, you know, where we've come from, uh, just it's a magical world. Science and you bring that all to life and have for years, but. The excuse that I use today is this green comet. Apparently, it's coming very close to Earth. Maybe you can put that in perspective and uh, maybe tell us uh, when it will hit Earth.
5: Uh the uh the latter part's gonna be tough. But you now the comet makes its closest approach to Earth on Groundhog Day, actually. That's uh just February 2nd. Uh, and it will be about 26 million miles away when it makes that so-called close approach. That's not really very close. The sun is about 93 million miles away. Uh, So this is what a a third of that distance, uh, perhaps less than the planet Venus, say, is from us. But it's not really close. Uh, It's been passing through our skies uh, certainly uh, for the last uh, month or so with with amateur astronomers in particular uh, trying to have a look at it. But it's very, very faint. So this is a comet with a great press agent, but not a particularly (laughs) high profile when it comes to onstage
3: performance. So you think there's a little more being made of this uh, than... Why is it called
5: the Green Comet? Yeah, that's actually pretty entertaining because most comets actually do emit green light. And this green light comes from carbon atoms, essentially dirt. If you think about what a comet really is, in the middle of that, that sort of glowing stream of light with this long tail extending, there's a tiny mountain of ice and dirt or carbon or coal or whatever you wanna mix it up as. And that just stays frozen most of the time the comet is out in the solar system because it's not very close to the sun. But when it starts coming in closer into the inner solar system, uh, it starts evaporating that material or really it just sort, it's not even evaporating, it just kind of takes off from it. And that's how the tail develops. Well, that heating causes this one molecule of carbon it's two mo- two atoms put together to split. And when they split that, and that's the ultraviolet light that causes them to split. And then they recombine again because they're not happy being split. And that releases this, this green light that can be recorded on photographs. If you went out to look at it and you could really see it anyway, it wouldn't look green to your eye, but it will in these pictures. Speaking of going out to see it, can you? Well, I've tried three times from my backyard in Los Angeles, but I I think it's fair to complain about Los Angeles rather than the comet in that case. The (laughs) lights of our cities are are really way too bright for observing the sky. But but the comet is very faint, and I've used binoculars and been unable to see it. Now, some of the staff at Griffith Observatory uh, have gone out to darker locations with telescopes, and they have seen it and photographed it but I think most of the estimates right now from the people that I know are saying it's really not quite as bright as, as it's been made out to be.
3: How many nights do you have? And I assume, I mean, that's the time to see it at night. I would think, Uh, (laughs) how many nights do you have to uh, try to see this thing? If you could get to a location that, you know, because uh, also around the Bay area and also around Los Angeles and parts of California where people are, you know, people are, are watching us from all over. uh, There are opportunities to, uh, to connect on um, uh, with, with uh, I'm sorry, something's happening here. It distracted me for a second. There are opportunities to see uh, or potentially see this from areas that are not with light, with the urban light pollution that you're talking about.
5: Yeah, that's- How many a, nights? That's a, a perfectly good point. And I think it's fair to say that over the next two weeks, you have a shot at it, uh, but I'm still pretty convinced that you need a telescope as well. And it doesn't mean a giant telescope, but this is an amateur astronomer's comet. It's not really everybody's comet because mm-hmm. it is so faint.
6: I, I heard that, you know, you, you see these comets that come around every year and this one apparently is pretty rare. What was it, 50,000 years or?
5: Yeah, the the orbit for this has been calculated. This is something astronomers are really good at now. You, you watch it for a few weeks and you get the information on how it's moving and then you can calculate what, what it does. And this orbit is—it's sort of like a great big long hot dog in shape. Uh, it, it extends from the the sun way out beyond Pluto, thousands of times the distance of Pluto, and so it comes in and then goes out again. And that complete circuit, as you said, is about fifty thousand years. Now compare that with something like Halley's comet which comes around every 76 years. And that seems like a long time. So 50,000 is really a long time. There are a few comets that go around the sun much more quickly in a matter of few years. Those short period comets are really in a sense captured. They've they've had their orbits altered. And so they're sort of staying closer to the sun than most of these comets do.
3: Somebody says, uh, Laurie says, Hale-Bopp had a blue tail. Got some great pics of it from Mojave Desert way back in 98, more or less. It was not, just not sure if that was the year, but yeah. H- Hale-Bopp was also like this, Dr. Krupp. That was very well advertised, and that
5: did pay off, didn't it? It, it did. It was one of the greats. Uh, I could even see it from uh, Griffith Observatory. Spectacular. And then when I went out of town, uh, it was huge. And, of course, we showed Hale-Bopp at Griffith Observatory through a telescope to more people than any place else on Earth. But you didn't need a telescope, it was just hanging there, it was gorgeous. Uh, The blue tail is correct, by the way, and this current comet uh, also has a blue tail. That light is produced by a slightly different process and you're getting many more colors mixed that cause the tail that streams away directly from the comet's head to look blue. So this green part of it is a sort of a fan tail that's much closer to the head of the comet. Now I'm gonna ask a question that will make people uh, glaze over
3: when you respond, I suspect. (laughs) But this is, we're gonna take a shot anyway. Why would one comet, it seems to be the same basic dynamics, the same physics, the same chemistry, and I'm sure you're gonna tell me that it's not, but still, I mean, from layman's perspective, the two comets, Hale-Bopp and uh, this green comet, seem to have the same things, same elements working. Why wouldn't they both have the same color tail? Uh,
5: They they actually do uh, have very similar properties. And part of the difference has to do with the geometry of how we see them and also just how active the comet is. Most comets, if you could sort of get a a uh, uh, bird's-eye view way above the solar system and watch the thing instead of from the Earth, uh, you'd see yeah, they're all pretty much the same, except some are a little bigger than others, and some come a little closer to the sun, and they get a little more active. But they're kind of similar, and they all have some of this green light, and they all have that blue light, and they have a, a few other things that are common, too. But our post of observing them from the Earth depends then on not us only, but also where the sun is. And that has an effect on how this thing looks. So that's part of why it's different. Well,
3: this is interesting. Uh, and then I will let you go. You're so generous. We're, we're, we're talking to Dr. Ed Krupp from Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles. And he's just a, you know, uh, he's a trailblazer when it comes to bringing science to, to all of us. Uh, Copper says, how can there be color on the in the darkness of space? No light equals no color, right? Uh, is that right? I didn't know that.
5: No, I'm afraid I I uh, don't want to uh, be unkind to, to people <laughs> right uh, here. But there's there's light in space, and that light has color. Now the fact is, uh, the human eye only sees certain parts of that color, and it also uh, has difficulty with certain levels of brightness in the color that you see. When color, uh, when light goes down in intensity. Uh, the parts of our eyes that detect black and white take over. And so very often, it's it's hard to detect a lot of color when you're looking. And then, of course, where there isn't material that's glowing, then the writer is absolutely correct. If there's no material glowing, there's no light, there's no color. But there's a lot of stuff in space, and a lot of it's glowing.
3: Also, as the light comes into our atmosphere, and it's filtered through that, uh, don't we see the light spin in a
5: different way? Well, certainly for a bright object, our own eyes can easily see it. And everybody can experience that, you know, in the setting or the rising sun uh, is visible. It looks very red, depending on the dust in the atmosphere and whatnot. So, yeah, the the a lot of the color that we see from the bright objects, moon as well, uh, are affected by our atmosphere.
3: Uh, if there are no other questions, Kim, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going um... <laughs> to... I'm going to excuse the witness because the witness, yes. I did promise him <laughs> I'd get him out of here in about seven minutes. But um, do you have anything or is there anything in the no, chat no, that you No, it's felt- so
6: interesting. I'm so glad you were able to come on with us. I've, I know we can't see this one with the naked eye, but a lot, a lot of people like me have a child really, really interested in space and in uh, astronomy. So we're going to try to go see this one. Thank you for the information today.
5: It's always worth the look. Thanks an awful yeah. lot. Glad to see you Yeah, all. I think... I love that things like this
3: start conversations like this and get kids and people interested in science again, because as you suggested, uh, Dr. Krupp, the world of him, the fact that we can predict these comets and we know their path, that should speak very well to the geometry, the mathematics, some of the absolutes when it comes to science and, and, uh, and and the scientific community and the scientific methods. So anyway, love you, Ed Krupp. Thank you.
6: I wonder if he Krufman noticed Griffin Griffin my light up monitor. moon. You think so? Oh, yeah.
3: We should have. Uh, yeah. I should have. T- I should have showed it, Tom. That's all right. Now would be the time to hit the stinger, Albert.
4: <laughs> the Mark Thompson Show.
3: So, the uh, uh, thank you, everybody in the chat room who is uh, rallying around uh, the comet and the photo spect- Photospectrometry. What is that? Photospectrometry. Oh, yeah. I guess that's where they... Hmm. You can see the the different colors. <laughs> 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 Thank you, I Elon Musk, for ruining astronomy. Exactly. John Watson. I've talked before about... Uh, people are celebrating... I don't think anybody in here, but maybe... Uh, uh, celebrate Elon Musk for various things. Uh, Certainly, he popularized the electric car and accelerated that course for the electric car in ways that you probably wouldn't have seen it accelerated had he not uh, been running Tesla. After that, I got a lot of problems with Elon Musk. You know how I feel about Neuralink and the uh, unmitigated cruelty associated with what he's doing with, uh, with animals there. But this isn't about that. This is about... This whole mission to Mars thing where he's going to load people onto, you know, various space capsules and take everybody to Mars because this planet is uninhabitable. It's a a ridiculous plan. Uh, it's a ridiculous plan on so many different levels that it's hard to know where to uh, criticize it or to uh, shed light on it. But I'll just pick one that's related to science. Uh, the radiation alone in the travel to Mars would make it just prohibitive. I mean, it just is a, uh, from everything I've read, It there are just a lot of elements associated with travel to the planet. I'm leaving aside, like, you know, how do you get these Amtrak trains full of people, you know, up there? And of course, what people would go, you know, the jillionaires who would try to, you know, set up a Starbucks on Mars and a kind of world where they can have a, a meta-spa when they land. I mean, I'm just saying it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. And it's a waste of money and time. If he spent that time and money to conserve here, to help us undestroy this planet, it would be so uh, better spent, that money and that time. So that's my rant on the... It wasn't really rant, but it was you know, little um, your, your Elon look, Musk feelings? I'm a little down today because of uh, the announcement. Now, Albert, this is not a major announcement. Typically, Kim, as you know, we do major announcements. Typically, they're announcements that have to do with the show or with one of us. Yeah. Um, This is not. So, Albert, would you consider the, the Brady thing is not a major announcement, is it?
2: Well, any excuse to use any of our elements. Let me just hit the,
4: let me hit the major announcement. All
3: right. We're gonna, it is a major announcement in the sense that... A
4: major announcement from the Mark yes. Thompson Show. A major announcement.
3: Tom Brady, who, who is uh, the second most handsome guy in football, uh, next to Jimmy G, of course. Uh, he retired, you know, last year. Then he unretired uh, two months later now he is re-retiring and here is his major announcement good morning guys i'll get to the point right away i'm retiring for good
1: i know the process uh was a pretty big deal last time so when i woke up this morning i figured i just press record and let you guys know first so i won't be long-winded if you only get one super emotional retirement essay and I used mine up last year so I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me my family my friends my teammates my competitors uh, I could go on forever there's too many um thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream I wouldn't change
3: a thing love you all That's sweet. That's sweet.
6: He did get a little emotional there.
3: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's a a big deal, you know. Uh, Pretty amazing that he's, what, 45 years old and he's been able to keep this career going. That's pretty, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. It really is.
6: Uh, Um, You know, he has a 10-year, $375 million contract waiting for him at Fox. If, (laughs) if, If he retires for real this time... He's gonna cash in as a sports analyst.
3: Oh, that's just great.
6: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Let's he was get... given that last season too, while he was retired. And then he said, wait, Fox,
2: put that on hold. I wanna make my return real quick. Yeah. yeah. And then hang on, uh, hold my beer.
3: Yeah. I, hold I've my got beer. an interception to throw. No, I I I he actually played fairly well. I mean, he is you know, borderline statue back there, right? He doesn't have a lot of mobility, but boy, he sees the field so well and he's good for the game, you know? The game needs personalities. All sports needs need personalities. That's what, you know, you need, uh, you need the bad boys. You need the, you know, the controversies. That's what, so Brady was great for the game. Uh, at 45, the fact that he could, you know, lace up, tape up and get out there and just jog to midfield. It's hard. It really is. Apparently he had a discipline about his workout regimen. He was, I think, mostly vegan and he had this uh rigorous kind of program, exercise, you know, gym work, diet. And it it just didn't stop. And that was year-round. Now he's free of that uh, wife
6: <laughs> <laughs> you know, free I'm, of kidding, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> free of the hot supermodel, yeah.
3: He dumped the hot supermodel for the hot Instagram babe or whatever. Oh, I mean, but that I doesn't don't know if mean that's real. that it's a good thing. It feels pretty like a pretty <laughs> good thing, Albert. I do have a second major announcement, if I can please uh, be.
4: Uh... <laughs> Major announcement from the Mark Johnson Johnson. Show. A major
3: announcement. Albert made me think of it, and just a moment ago, uh, it's true. Doctor Phil is going off the air.
6: It's
5: the right. saddest thing. What? I know you'll
3: need a. Yes, I know you'll need a minute.
5: Are you Doctor more... Phil?
7: This is emotion, a man uh, with emotion. anger. This is a man that has resentment towards you. Yeah. Are
6: you more emotional about the retirement of Tom Brady or Dr. Phil?
3: Oh, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. That's a good YouTube question, Albert. <laughs> are, we more, uh, are we more broken up? Are we more emotional? I like the way Tim, Kim put it mm-hmm. about the retirement of Brady or, or Dr. Phil going off the air. 21 seasons Dr. Phil was on the air. Dr. Phil McGraw, he launched in 2002. The show was co-created by Oprah Winfrey. You know, he started as a segment on Oprah Winfrey, as you're aware, and it went well. This is how Dr. Oz started. Usually, and this is a good thing for all of trying to get into mainstream television, syndicated television, some kind of thing, maybe even some kind of program like this, which is just sort of more homegrown, or even a radio show or whatever. Typically, you start as a segment on somebody else's show. That goes well. They expand that segment. Then you can approach people, or you are yourself approached about doing more and expanding your segment into your own show. That's probably Kim's plan here, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> no, so, no, I'm,
6: I'm I'm happy to be taken along for the ride. You know, I well, just like uh, to, I just like to well, hang out with
3: you. It is more work to do your own thing, but I wouldn't <laughs> resent anybody for for no, no. for trying to do their own thing. Uh, I don't think but, you should <laughs> apologize for how you feel. Exactly, exactly. After um, tw- what, what did I say? Um, twenty one years, twenty one seasons. Yeah, been a long time. That's the third major exit from the top syndicated ranks in just as many years. The last three years, I've seen Judge Judy. I was more affected by Judge Judy going off. Uh, She was really one of the top performing syndicated shows. So she went off the air. Can you think of other ones? Ellen went off the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, uh, and then- My bad. I'm sorry. Dr. Oz and then Dr. Phil. It's the end of an era, people.
6: Dr. Phil used to be- taken more seriously and kind of over time he because show and his advice became more of, I don't want to say he became a joke but he became more of like a almost like a meme and less you know at the very beginning he would come on and teach people how to handle kids and you know actually dispense some useful advice and la- toward the latter part it kind of became like a Mori Povich thing you know where the invite the crazy family on and let's kind of, uh, you know, exploit them for the entertainment of the viewer. So it was more about like, you know, poking fun at the crazies and less about offering the help. It seemed
3: that is true. I think Kim makes such a good point. Dr. Phil, you know, to use the phrase, jumped the shark. He started with a guy who seemed to really, as Kim says, have substantive and substantial ways that he could help people and from a lot of what he did you could sort of take things for yourself your own relationships whatever it might be life's challenges but he became a joke yeah i mean he he became uh it's fine to go on talk shows it's fine that's that i understand but that he kind of he would show up to like every car accident with a you yeah. know it's just come on man I mean, every emotional car accident is what I mean. He he would, you know, let's bring Dr. Phil in. You know, it's just, uh, so. Uh, His son is a piece of work, I guess. Didn't we do a thing on his son's place? He sold his home in Colorado, I think, or maybe it was his dad's place. Colorado or Utah, maybe it was Utah.
6: Right. A ski
3: chalet, kind of weird-looking ski chalet. Uh, It was very... Marilyn Manson ish looking, you know, anyway, uh, Hey, more power sure. to them. They, you know, they didn't look, they didn't steal from anybody to get that money and that success and that fame. Good for Dr. Phil in this. The other thing is what the, uh, at the end of Dr. Phil, he would always go by in the front row. That's his wife there. Right. And they would always yeah. walk off together. Yeah. I, I, I'm cynical, so I always go, "Really, really, dude, I get it. You got a happy marriage, okay? We need to put it. You need to put it in our face every day." <laughs> and he would say, "Mark, it seems like there might be something else going on there. Why do you seem so bothered by the fact that I, uh, you know, that I parade?" There's never my, been
2: anything like this.
3: My happy marriage around to you. Anyway, that's your major announcement from um, from Doctor Phil and from Tom Brady. Two major announcements. This has been a <laughs> Now. I want to take a moment and acknowledge Steve Moskowitz, Moskowitz, LLP.com. Steve Moskowitz is the Bay Area's tax guy for over 30 years. He can help you with tax preparation, but he can also help you locate government money that you may be entitled to. Of course, we've talked about ERC at length, but that is a real program. And if you were affected by COVID, you're entitled to that money. And if you were affected by COVID, You may not even realize it. That's right. Steve can help you investigate whether or not you might have government money coming. So I would call Steve for any number of reasons. And I've also told you, if you've got a side hustle, if you're building a business on the side, I think Steve's a great call. I I, I think he, as I've mentioned and we've talked before about this, uh, he can provide a perspective and a strategy and help you lay that down as you begin even something that's just a small little side hustle. From a business standpoint, he can help advise you. 888-TAX-DEAL, 888 X D E A 888-TAX-DEAL is Steve Moskowitz. Help Steve help you. Give him a call or hit his website, MoskowitzLLP.com. It's Moskowitz, M-O-S-K-O-W-I-T-Z, MoskowitzLLP.com. Steve Moskowitz, thank you for being the
4: The Mark Thompson Show,
3: and so uh, I wanted to uh, mention that John Rothman is going to join us bottom of the hour. There is a lot going on, and I'm going to try to kind of skip around with Rothman to address some of it. Nikki Haley is entering the presidential race. She of the uh, Trump administration, but she was yeah, she was a governor in South Carolina. And she has a lot of qualities that Americans would spark to and that the GOP might spark to. I think the GOP field is getting a bit more crowded as they see that Donald Trump is weakening. His gravitational pull politically is not what it used to be. Now, the MAGA movement, it will continue and has actually reconstituted itself, I'd suggest, in more dangerous ways like Ron DeSantis, for example. Ron DeSantis is a slicker version of Trump. And when I say Trump, I'm talking about the policy side of the Trump administration, uh, the cultural wedge issues, the racism. You'll find that in horribly effective ways being played out in the state of Florida and with DeSantis. um. Uh, legislation and DeSantis positions and DeSantis rhetoric. With Trump, you get the kind of clown car aspect, his administration, and, and the clownish aspect of who he is, right? Just self referential. It's all about him all the time. And you realize that uh, the presidency was just one giant grift for the Trump family and for Trump himself. That doesn't mean that Trump does i made this repeatedly have his hand on the pulse of in fact we talked about this with w. K. johnson yesterday of
2: uh hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing
3: Republicans are stupid enough to, in in no small number now, talk about those things associated with Social Security and Medicare as entitlement programs that should be on the chopping block. That's just a stupid conversation to have. First of all, it won't happen. Secondly, uh, who do you win over except a base that is radical right? Trump was smart enough to come out and say, I don't think we should touch Social Security. All of a sudden, you only have to say that, and you distinguish yourself enormously in a positive way from the rest of the GOP field. So, uh, I wonder if we'll Trump talk to is him.
6: seeing the Nikki Haley thing, thinking how disloyal she is. You know, that's oh, his yeah. first I mean, thing. I, like, if you're not loyal yeah. to him, like, you're nothing. So I'm sure he's pissed.
3: Yeah. Uh, bad audio, is that right? Is it bad audio from me? Are you having uh, trouble you're bra- with my you're, audio, guys?
6: You're, break, you're breaking up a touch. But we can still understand you.
3: No, I, I really wish I wish you guys would mention that as opposed to having to read about it, it in the chat. Just, it I, just started really, happening. Okay, uh, let me plug this back in. Yeah, I don't know what to. Um, I don't know what to. to sorry. How about, about I it. do some news? And if you, it gets really ahead. bad, that sounds good. Okay. No, uh, no, sound thanks good. for hitting the like button. Thanks for supporting us. What's that, uh, Albert? <clears throat>
2: You sound good. It was just like a network thing. So, but you're you're stable now. You're you're good.
3: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. All right. Uh, we'll do shoutouts. We'll bring on Rothman. We'll do a lot. Uh, a lot of shows still to come. Thank you for being here. Smash the like button like a boss. And we appreciate. Smash you. it we with your
0: iron that. rod.
3: I appreciate you. You appreciate me. There's so much appreciation. All right. <laughs> Mark Thompson show. Here's Kim's news. So
0: much
1: love.
6: On the Mark Thompson Show, I'm Kim McAllister, and this report is sponsored by tax attorney Steve Moskowitz at 888 Tax Deal. Well, no, we've been talking about it, but let's start with Mr. Brady because he has announced his retirement from football again. Take two his ex wife, Giselle Bunchen. Are they divorced yet? His uh, estranged wife? Uh, they're confirming uh, on her Instagram. By saying, wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. Brady finishes his career with seven Super Bowl titles. He leads the league with the most passing yards and passing touchdowns of all time. He played 19 seasons with the New England Patriots, won six Super Bowl titles before signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the 2020 season. And Brady would win the Super Bowl that same season with the Bucs. Brady does have a 10-year $375 million contract sitting there waiting for him at Fox if he retires for real this time. More than 2,000 U.S. flights have been canceled because of an ice storm today. Ice storm warnings remain in effect in the South. On top of that, at least 1,800 flights have been delayed. Dallas-Fort Worth International seeing the worst of it with 75% of its flights canceled already. House Republicans are holding a hearing on the issues at the U.S.-Mexico border. There's the tent city at the border. Uh, Yes, so Sheriff Mark Daniels of Cochise County, Arizona, testified before the House Judiciary Committee and said border communities are being neglected by the federal government. Judge Ricardo Samaniego of El Paso County, Texas, fired back, arguing there is no invasion of migrants in his border community, calling it a false racist narrative. Credit card companies may soon have some new limitations on how much they can charge for late fees. The Biden administration has proposed capping credit card late fees at $8. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau said this change would reduce late fees by as much as $9 billion overall. There's a Texas company has some pretty big plans <laughs> you could say, to bring back the dodo bird. What are they thinking? Austin-based Colossal Biosciences intends to use gene editing technology to revive the extinct flightless bird. which dis- Yes, it appeared, disappeared, if I can say that word, more than 350 years ago because of human destruction of its habitat. The company has similar plans for the woolly mammoth and the Tasmanian tiger.
3: Oh, oh my it's, god it's one thing to try to preserve a species but they're gonna bring they're gonna try to bring back the woolly mammoth
6: they're going to bring it back from extinction and they're starting with the dodo bird <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this report sponsored by tax attorney Steve Moskowitz for more than 30 years Steve has put his tax knowledge to work for individuals and for businesses if you need help with your taxes call Steve Moskowitz he's a good guy 888 tax deal or Moskowitz LLP. I'm Kim McAllister on the Mark Thompson Show.
4: Feel it in your soul, the Mark Thompson Show.
3: And greetings, all. Welcome. It's so great to have you with us. We are live from Washington D.C. That's why it's a bit of more of a kind of a guerrilla forecast uh, 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 setup than uh, uh, I would have liked. Normally, I have the studio; it's all set up, but. Uh, My father is ailing right now, so I'm back here with him and uh, uh, back and forth to the hospital with family members. And it's all, you know, not the greatest, but uh, it is he loved that we did this show and loves that we did do do the show. And so uh, I do this to honor him also. And, you know, when it comes to politics and it's a weird thing, because this is my dining room, the the dining room where uh, I was hanging out with my dad six weeks ago, I came back here to see him before Christmas and my mom, my dad and myself were sitting here talking about politics. We're talking about a number of things. We did a lot of politics. This is Washington DC. So you can imagine like your life is sort of steeped in that world. And, uh, and he was fine. And now it just remarkable how life changes so quickly. COVID got him, uh, just to speak specifically as to what happened, uh, fully vaxxed and everything COVID got him bad. So, uh, But I mentioned politics, and the guy who I love to hear opine on politics, and also because, my friends, he speaks with a, if I can say, a Shakespearean actor's acumen. And if I could underscore this for you in this moment, I'd like to say that this is of the greatest importance. Please put it together for John Rothman, everyone. Come on.
7: Good, good to be with you and mark please give your father my warmest good wishes everybody should know that your father's book on impeachment remains a classic and i was honored to have him on my show during the height of the impeachment mania
3: yeah it was uh uh it was a great thing to hear him with you i, I um uh you know he's a a great guy to kick stuff around uh, uh, with but so are you and uh, i you know I can start with the flashiest thing, and that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to get into – we can kind of skim along and, and and hit stuff here and there. And, of course, speak out whatever you'd like, John Rothman. But, uh, by the way, smash the like button for John Rothman. I want to ask you about the addition of Nikki Haley to uh, the GOP race for president. Uh, no you know,
7: surprise. She uh, just wrote another book. Uh, she's been promoting it. Uh, the interesting thing is that she called Donald Trump before her announcement, and Donald Trump gave her a green light and said, if you want to run – Welcome. Uh, Although there's no doubt that he views her as a bit of a traitor. You've no doubt heard the clip where she says, (laughs) I wouldn't run against him under any circumstances, which just goes to show you love war and politics. They're All bets are off. Uh, (laughs) Will she be a formidable candidate? Two-term governor of South Carolina, ambassador to the United Nations, very successful rhetorically as ambassador to the United Nations. She does have a following. I, I can't tell you whether or not she will achieve much, but I can tell you this, she is firmly on the right of the Republican party. She clearly opposes a woman's right to choose. She's big on the whole thing about uh, uh, critical race theory, uh, all of those things. Actually, uh, Ron DeSantis, who is a serious candidate and who I think would be absolutely a horrible face for the Republican party, uh, she would be sort of DeSantis light and if if he were the nominee, it might be interesting to see a uh, a ticket that included DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And if you ask, aren't they too close together regionally, just remember Clinton and Gore. Uh,
3: let me ask you, though, just when you say uh, DeSantis light, what makes her, What why do you throw the light in? You don't think she's quite as heavy handed on some of these things? Exactly. Like you
7: Precisely. You hit the nail on the head.
3: Okay. Uh, so... As that continues to percolate, you have the House now run by, it would seem, you know, Kevin McCarthy is hostage to the more radical voices in the GOP. This this debt ceiling, which is oftentimes used as a big game of chicken to get various uh, concessions, uh, I, I I reminded everybody yesterday that we're talking about uh, approving a debt ceiling and increasing a debt ceiling for money that's already been spent. It's already been approved. So this idea somehow that, you know, you're arguing about this, I think this is a messaging loss on the part, in this case, of the Democrats in the White House. Hey, guys, you already spent this money. If you want to reduce spending for the future, you do it. You're in charge of the House now. You're in charge of appropriations. Great, do it. But this money's already spent. So let's raise the limit so we can pay the
7: debt. All right, listen, you're actually uh, right on the, the money. It's very interesting because uh, essentially what uh, the Democrats are saying to the Republicans is, uh, give us your budget. That's what Joe Biden is saying to McCarthy. Give us your budget. Let's take a look. McCarthy keeps talking about cutting fat. Uh, you know, it just doesn't fly. And we'll soon find that out. You'll notice how quickly the Republicans retreated from the position that they might want to cut security, Social Security and Medicare. No surprise there, because anybody who touches that, it's its big trouble. So what McCarthy's struggle is, and this goes to the whole Santos business, uh, is that uh, he only has a, a four-vote majority in the House of Representatives. Uh, he's got to hold everything together. Uh, he is not doing very well at that at this moment, and you're going to see it all blow up over this question of raising the debt ceiling
3: uh smash the like button for John Roth and the sexy fool joins us on Wednesday uh, when we lo- we it love it with your
0: iron yeah. rod
3: damn straight now john i, I want to
7: how's my hair you Go look
3: ahead. great baby you are so handsome i want to uh i want to ask you about something uh now i want to get into the international uh, geopolitics uh in ukraine it strikes me that things are uh, problematic from new perspectives and here's what i mean uh, and i'm curious your take obviously uh so we're sending tanks there was tremendous pressure on the germans to send tanks and finally they relented say that they say uh, they now say that they are going to send them so there's a a new uh, bunch of armaments being sent but the, a new kind of armaments and now you're seeing ukraine asking for, but uh, being turned down on, they really were rebuffed in their uh, request for air support to actually have uh, aircraft supplied by the West. Do you see this as an escalating situation? I wonder
7: if you can- Of course, it's escalating. And the the real issue here is the question of the nuclear issue, because both Medvedev and Putin yesterday in an interview indicated that the nuclear option is not off the table. Why do you think the Europeans are so concerned? I just talked with a very good friend of mine in Germany. He called me yesterday. We had a long talk. And he said, we're, we're very worried about the instability in Russia. And we're very concerned about this talk of a nuclear war. And I have to tell you, that is the issue. And here's the, the question for Joe Biden, who has done a magnificent job of pulling together NATO. By the way, not just because he did a great job, but because people of NATO are, are afraid of Russia. So those motivations... Now the question becomes, how far will NATO, how far will the United States go? And the the normal question is, what will the United States do? One thing I can guarantee you, the United States will do nothing without all of our NATO allies with us, meaning there will have to be that. And if you listened last night on CNN, they did an hour-long interview with Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, uh, who has been very interesting in his relationship to all of this. Uh, he was asked, would you be a mediator? Because he has the trust of Putin and of Zelensky. And the answer is, if the circumstances were right, he said, I have my plate full here, but yes. But the p- problem is there's nothing to mediate. That, that's the issue. And so it's going to be a very tough time. One other quick point. Uh, it is not the winter, which is now in its depth, that I'm worried about. It's the spring. Will there be a spring offensive? And what does that spring offensive bring? And what will it mean?
3: John, do you think we should begin to look at Ukraine as a sort of Afghanistan as we shovel tons of money, armaments, and a kind of continue this protracted confrontation, even though, yes, it is escalating in all the ways that you detailed so well, I thought just a moment ago, and, and, and we're flirting with some of those really, the, you know, the specter of nuclear war is a serious one that I thought you also are so right to touch on. But I guess what I'm asking you is, uh, without some kind of mediation, that's what made me think of it when you referenced that, without some kind of uh, willingness to sit down, aren't we looking at a protracted conflict? How long could it go on? What's your sense of all of that?
7: Okay. Ukraine is not Afghanistan. Afghanistan was not a real country. There was no real army. We were propping them up with everything. We were pouring billions of dollars in. Uh, and And it those of us who have been commenting on it for a long time said this is a paper tiger. It will all collapse. If we pull out and lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
2: lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Uh I in my dentist's office more than
1: once actually do I have to say yes, you do in the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. I never win and tell.
3: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh,
7: I believe that then, and, and obviously that's what happened. Ukraine is very different. The Ukrainian people are fighting on their own territory. They've won uh, many victories in terms of uh, battlefield, but also in terms of international politics. Zelensky has become a living symbol. Whether you agree with everything Zelensky does, remember, he has a very corrupt government. We've just heard about resignations and firings and involved with internal politics, which most Americans and Europeans have very little knowledge of. But it's a big difference between what happened in in Afghanistan and what happened and what is happening now in Ukraine. So I, I see the difference. How long will we support Ukraine? Let me be blunt as long as our allies feel threatened, and I speak particularly of the Western Europeans, but also Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, Poland, Hungary, if they feel threatened, we are going to be right there because uh, that's, that's what we have to do.
3: You know, John, and you're such a great student of history, you're so aware of the fact that wars and battles are fought over only one thing effectively, and that's territory. If you can capture, territory uh, through military means, you're able to maintain it through military means. After that, you can't, I mean, you can't bomb people into uh, some political philosophy or uh, or religious philosophy or, or, or all the rest. Uh, it's thought then that, and I know this is really the conversation in Russia from those who are trying to prevail upon the West to, Do you have to understand, we're not trying to take over this territory to make it uh, Russian. We're trying to take back this territory essentially to have a sort of Belarus kind of setup. If we want a, a a Russian. We're worried about the West taking over this territory from the standpoint of its closeness to NATO and ultimately being absorbed by NATO, even though NATO uh, t- turned down uh, uh, Ukraine. I wonder if you can speak to what Russia wants to get out of it, because they're essentially laying waste to this country.
7: Okay. First of all, Mark, Vladimir Putin is the issue. Putin is the one who provoked the war. Putin is the one who is provoking all of this. And if Putin vanished tomorrow, the question would be, what would Russia do? The real issue is, as someone who was a student of the Soviet Union and studied in Russia, I was there during those days. I can tell you I understood or could analyze how the Politburo of the old Soviet Union worked. I have no idea who would succeed Vladimir Putin if Vladimir Putin were for some reason to lose power. The instability there is critical but if Putin were to go one way or the other, the whole nature of the conflict would change. In the meantime, we have to be concerned about territory. And what the Europeans and the Latvians and Estonians and Lithuanians are concerned about is that Russia will extend the war into their territory. They were part of the Soviet Union. They understand the brutality of that way of doing things. So, that, to me, is the real issue, and what we have to do now is give the Ukrainians everything they need. You know what Winston Churchill said? Give us the tools, we'll finish the job. And then I think that is the Ukrainian attitude. Give us the tools. The nuclear thing, which I mentioned and which you uh, kindly referred to as well, is the critical issue. There is a nuclear power plant. It is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. If it becomes disabled, or if somehow <clears throat> nuclear weapons were used, the whole nature of the conflict would change you'll notice uh, the atomic scientists who do the nuclear clock have now moved the hands of that clock up to near midnight tick, tick, tick. they understand exactly they understand the instability of vladimir putin when everything hinges on one person's personality when there is not a team in place the whole thing changes
3: uh did you have anything for, I, I feel like I'm dominating things, Kim. You're allowed to throw in with uh, Brother mm, Rothman as well.
6: I, well, because you're sitting there in Washington, D.C., and I don't know how far you are from the from uh, the Capitol, but I just wanted to, uh, to talk about a story I saw yesterday, Mr. Rothman, uh, regarding the Congress and a 200-year-old promise yes. that we would have someone from a Native American tribe Uh, sit in the the House, and that has never happened, but it might now?
7: Well, there's precedent for it. Take a look at Guam. Uh, They have a representative in Congress who is non-voting. The District of Columbia uh, has such a figure in the United States Senate uh, who doesn't vote, but is theoretically the representative. Uh, It's possible, I wouldn't hold my breath if I were you remember, that First Nation people are not unified. That is to say, there are many tribes, many people who would have to have representation. It's a whole different bag of beans. But, to be blunt with you, uh, if we can do it for Guam, why can't we do it for our own indigenous people?
3: Yet... uh... Letting down our own indigenous people and going back on our word is pretty much, uh, you know, that's USA number one, isn't it, John? That's what we do. It certainly
7: is. Uh, I did a a course on broken treaties, America's broken treaties, and (laughs) Native Americans are right there. Although you understand that's part of the problem with the world. One of the best classes I ever taught was one on broken treaties in the 20th century. Just go back and take a look at all the treaties that have been violated by people all over the world, and you read the rhetoric that went along with it. And it makes you wonder why sign any document at all. So I, I, I'm, sick I'm
3: sick that I missed that class. I would have loved it. You should <laughs> teach it again. And I will, I will join via Zoom or however, whatever other virtual way. I think that's a great, great class. It sounds uh, fascinating. Um, Maybe
6: we can do know, a broken treaty segment here on the Mark Thompson show. A
7: different I, you know,
3: treaty every week. Well, I've mentioned, you know, one of the, uh, if you want to may, see
7: it. May, may I just point out, this is the 50th year plus a couple of months of the signing of the so-called peace with honor agreement with uh, the Vietnamese. And you'll notice how long that lasted. Uh, I only point that out because it is an anniversary which was not marked this year. But in January of 1973, uh, exactly 50 years ago, uh, a number of things happened. Uh, One of them was the peace with honor, which was neither peace nor honor. The other was the death of Lyndon B. Johnson. I mean, there are many things, uh, and I always think of this historically in that context. I just thought I'd point it out, because when you talk about Afghanistan, remember, many of us said the same thing about Vietnam. As soon as we pulled the plug on Vietnam, we knew everything was going to implode, and that's exactly what happened.
3: Well, John, you don't think we should have stayed in Vietnam.
7: I certainly don't. And I certainly think the interesting thing is, as many of you are aware, had— certain policies been followed, we would have been out of Vietnam much sooner than we were. You know, if Harry Truman had lived, he was planning to meet with Ho Chi Minh. And imagine how different the world would have been.
3: Right. Uh, And, you know, just because we're on Vietnam, let me just run it out. The Vietnam, uh, as you look at, uh, you you can listen to recordings uh, and you can read chapter and verse and take John Rothman classes on Vietnam and see how the American government knew the president knew that this was an awful quagmire. And they remained in Vietnam for political reasons. And the Vietnam War continued for all the reasons that had nothing to do with anything virtuous and righteous. You know, and it there's, cost tens of thousands of lives.
7: And there's a fascinating recording. You can Google it. As soon as uh, Mark Thompson's program is finished, you can Google <laughs> the discussion between Richard Russell and Lyndon Johnson in 1965, and Johnson said to Senator Russell, who was one of his mentors, I can't win, and I can't get out. What should I do? And that was in 1965.
3: And, you know, that's why the Afghanistan, the Afghanistan papers, uh, just uh, again, to this is instructive. This isn't just a history class. This is instructive to today. The Afghanistan papers detailed how the essentially same dance was being done by different administrations around Afghanistan, with not as great a loss of life, but with all of this money going over there, and and, and then, of course, Iraq, where there was loss of life, tremendous loss of life on the Iraqi side, uh, loss of life on our side as well, and all this money going out, and also a destabilizing effort in the Middle East. It was... Uh, it's one horror show after another. And these dances are all so similar. You know, it's as though we forget our history.
7: I agree. No, no question about it. I, I wanted to say a word if I can, because a funeral is taking place now, I believe, uh, in this tragic killing. And that's all you could call it, the police violence. Yeah. Uh, but I want to point out, that uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, is representing the United States there, and I know you wanted to raise this as well. Vice presidents traditionally go to funerals. Uh, They've been doing it for years. Uh, That's one of the functions of the vice presidency. Uh, We will see the impact in terms of all of that, but I will tell you that Fox, which I listen to, as you know, I suffer from low blood pressure, so when I need a little (laughs) stimulation, uh, they've been blasting Kamala Harris every minute every day and so i received a, a, an email asking me what did i think the future of kamala harris is if joe biden is nominated for another term she will be his running mate if he chooses not to run she will stand as a candidate if she succeeds to the presidency for under any circumstance uh, before 2024 she will be nominated by the democrats and be the incumbent let me remind everybody that uh, When Truman took over, nobody really knew who Truman was. On August, on April twelfth, nineteen forty-five, they used to say, "To air is Truman." Uh, So he had a very low acceptance rate. Kamala Harris, were she to be president, would be a commanding figure in so many ways. So I would not rule her out. Nor do I think she is diminished. There's no way for a vice president to be successful, really and truly. I could do a comedy routine. about vice presidents. You know, you know, the story, Mark and Kim, of the mother who had two sons. Uh, they both went to sea, uh, one went to sea and the other became vice president and neither one was ever heard from again. That, that to me, uh, uh, John Nance Garner, one of my favorite vice presidents, once said the vice presidency isn't worth a bucket of warm, well, I've got to clean it up here. <laughs> pissed, they said, but it was piss. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it.
3: no, I mean, I think that, I think that you, you, um, of course, you make the, the right points about the vice presidency and about essentially you get dumped uh, into all these situations that are intractable. I mean, to, you know, to send Kamala Harris to the southern border or to the Central America, to I mean, it's to, just to deal with, it, 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 you know, these are these are problems that have been plaguing this country for decades. And all of a sudden you dump them on, on the desk of Kamala Harris. and, and that's Joe just- Biden,
7: having been vice president, should have known better. Uh, I used to write a column for the Quail Quarterly. Uh, that was the publication about Dan Quayle. And all I can tell you is when you think back and you reflect on Quayle, who was a creditable member of the U.S. Senate, became vice president, became a national joke. We used to say that the thought of Dan Quayle as vice president, we would quail at the thought.
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I'm in my mom's house. So let me uh, just uh, mom and dad's house. Um during the time, so one of the things about being in Washington is that I went to school with a lot of people who are very high profile, they're kids, okay? And my mom, who is an educator, she taught a lot of those kids, okay? So during the Dan Quayle time that you're talking about, she would call me and she'd go, Mark, I just feel the press is being so unkind. I have the little Quayle children in my class and they're just so unkind, Mark. Is there anything you can do? Um it was so uh, sweet, you know, because she sees the human side of this family, you know. Um, John Rockman, I uh, I don't know that I agree with you on Kamala Harris. I think that uh, she doesn't have. Uh, I, I, I get, you know, you've made the point so effectively. So I'll say this, and I'll also just uh, accede to what you're you're suggesting. She doesn't have national heft. Uh, she has national problems i think she has some you know and maybe as you said the flames of her problems have been fanned by fox news channel but that said and 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 right wing media that said it didn't even feel as though when she was standing on that stage with all those other democratic candidates when she was in the primaries that she had national heft that did her much good it's hard for me to see her actually making a successful run for the presidency now what? you so also had interesting narratives by which she could end up president. That's a different deal. I thought that was, that's a really cool thought that honestly I didn't even think of, you know?
7: Uh, Do you remember remember a national news magazine with George Bush on the cover and the title was the wimp factor, right? Uh, When you're in the white house, when you're in that position, uh, theoretically you rise to the occasion and more than that, you get a break. When you're vice president, you don't get a break. You're the vice president. And uh, I always think of the wimp factor. Uh, and I always think, by the way, of Joe Biden. Remember when he ran for president for the third time and stood on that debate stage with Barack Obama, he was a joke, he didn't he didn't achieve. But in the end, he became president. And whatever you think of Joe Biden, his record uh, as president has been quite remarkable and really uh, really something. So who knows? Time will tell. And Mark, you and I will still be here talking about it, I hope.
3: I sure hope so, pal. So great. Uh... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
5: It's my little escape.
1: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
5: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.
2: Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
3: Chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, smash the like button for a guy who joins us on Wednesdays now pretty regularly. Smash with your
0: iron rod.
3: Great to see that sexy beast yeah. that is John Ruffman. John, we love you. Thank you. John Ruffman, everybody. Thank
7: you, Kim, who did a great job in your absence. Kim, yeah, she's great. thank
3: you. Kim is right. awesome. So nice yeah, to me. me. All right. We're over the limit on compliments. Yeah. So, uh, Albert, <clears throat> we will uh, pick up with special acknowledgments of all of you who have stepped up to support the show. We're crowd funded. You're the crowd. We appreciate the funds. We will acknowledge all of you on the other side of the hour. There's a full hour to come as we continue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kim's News next.
6: On the Mark Thompson Show, I'm Kim McAllister. This report sponsored by tax attorney Steve Moskowitz at 888-TAX-DEAL. Another... One of President Biden's homes is being searched by the FBI as part of the investigation into classified documents. Biden's personal lawyer confirming the news, calling it a planned search that does have the president's full support and cooperation. This comes after classified documents were found in Biden's Wilmington residence and a think tank office in Washington, D.C. And as uh, John Rothman mentioned moments ago, Tyree Nichols, funeral will be held in Memphis later today after being delayed by weather. That, according to a tweet from the law firm of the family attorney, Ben Crump, Reverend Al Sharpton will eulogize Nichols during the service at Mississippi Boulevard Christian Church. The last state trial connected to the killing of George Floyd is uh, nearing an end now. Attorneys filed closing arguments yesterday in a stipulated facts trial for former Minneapolis police officer Tu Tao. Uh, Tao opted to forego a jury trial and let a judge decide his guilt or innocence on a charge of aiding and abetting a second-degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. Here in the Bay Area, there is a child recovering from a mountain lion attack. This happened in San Mateo County. Child went to the hospital last night with puncture wounds and is expected to survive. A neighbor says the boy was in the back of a home where a parent was working. While the attack is shocking, many admit they're not surprised that animal was in the area. The sheriff's office says it's saddened by the news. They sent warm wishes to the boy and thoughts to the family. In Vallejo. There is a girl that is uh, suffering from gunshot wounds, now extra security being added to Vallejo High School. That is where a 15-year-old girl was hit by a stray bullet yesterday afternoon, right after class let out. Police say she was walking nearby and she got caught in the crossfire as shots were fired between two cars. The interim police chief in Vallejo calls it senseless and unacceptable and is pleading for witnesses to come forward. The girl suffered a serious injury, but she is expected to make a full recovery. And here's one for you. <laughs> this is a, this is one of these stories where you're like, I, I don't even know what I would do. You, where do you begin? You call you Call Grubhub? I don't know. Uh, so this situation <laughs> happened in Michigan, where a dad figured out pretty quickly that his son had gone on a late-night spending spree. The kid used his dad's phone to order nearly $1,000 worth of shrimp, chicken, sandwiches, ice cream, and more on Saturday. $1,000 at Grubhub.
4: Yeah. How old is the kid?
6: Six years old. Wow. After he went to bed, his dad got a fraud alert for about $439 spent on pizza. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, $1,000 on shrimp, chicken sandwiches, and ice cream, and then another $439 for pizza. So, yeah, somebody's busted. No more cell phone for you, pal. That's it. Wow. We got to keep
3: uh, got to keep things under wraps in this country. All these <laughs> six year olds are uh, creating problems. Last six year old shot up, shot his teacher. This six year old, uh, you know, orders up on Grubhub, you know, whatever it is, thousands of dollars worth of food. Yeah. And my God, who knew these six year olds could be so destructive? There's I mean, never we, been anything we, like this. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. would have to pay for it
6: because the, you know, especially if the company made all that food and delivered it, right?
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you're yeah, stuck. if it was delivered, there's no excuse. Yeah.
6: I guess you're having a party to get rid of that food. This report is sponsored by tax attorney Steve Moskowitz for more than 30 years. Steve has put his tax knowledge to work for individuals and businesses. If you need help with your taxes, give Steve a call at 888 Tax Deal. You can reach him on the web. It's MoskowitzLLP.com. And I'm Kim McAllister on The Mark Thompson Show.
4: the mark thompson show
0: smash it with your iron rod who's mark thompson
7: hey which one of you is mark thompson what he's got going here is a situation
5: it's
0: unbelievably offensive put up off your pants my man Ralph Nader just sent me a book. Did he send you one, too?
5: I offer this
4: sincere apology to you today. Everything is going extremely well. Call me a liar. That what you call him? You, sir, are a liar.
2: You are a cover-up artist, and you are a liar. Why a liar? Your pants are on fire! Google told me. Can you let him finish, sir? It was wrong. It was stupid. And I'm trying to be a better person.
0: No, no,
4: no. I'm going to tell you what I think.
0: What do the porn stars do?
4: Do you have a secret now? Isn't anybody better? We?
3: One hundred percent
4: effective. How about that? I say what?
2: And this is There is no defense for my conduct.
7: I misspoke. I stand corrected. And I wanted to apologize to the Asian community, the Asian American community.
4: Times up, Mother Effers.
3: I love it. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to our two Mark Thompson show. Great to have you here. I'm Mark. This is Washington, D.C., the home of my mom and dad. Uh, dad's not doing so hot. So I came back from California to be with him. It's really been a great uh, opportunity to be with him and to also be with family. This is a very tough time. He's 92. My mom and dad are both 92. So, uh, you know, I'm worried about my mom as well. So it's important to have everybody kind of all hands on deck. My sister is here, um, both sisters, and uh, my brother is in touch and doing his own thing. Uh, He's got some illness in his family, so he's unable to make the trip. It's a little, uh, you know, these things, uh, everything has to, life has to sort of be balanced. But that's why we're doing the show in a kind of a guerrilla fashion. I've got this uh, Volodymyr Zelensky kind of uh, camera that I take with me. You know how he used to do, like, (laughs) the early days of the Ukraine war? He would be from... Different bunkers joining the world with different messages. I feel as though this is not bunker esque. But uh, the uh,
6: beginning of the war when they were trying to kill him, and so he was hiding in different spots.
3: That's what I mean. I, he kept showing up with these, you know, with a camera shot and better lighting and wardrobe than I ever. Well, actually, he did have the uh, kind of a three day growth going. Yeah, as I recall, it's uh, crazy uh, though yeah. that
6: he's lasted this long. And they haven't found him. If they really are, you know, trying to. To go after him, he's doing pretty well as far as you know, staying ahead of him.
3: Yes, I agree. Uh, In the early going, Kim is so right. You had this sense that this guy, what a week, ten days, and he's going to be out.
6: I thought his days were numbered.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed. Look, uh, the Russians have laid waste to that country. It is a brutal, brutal thing that's happened there. Um, I hope this war winds down. uh, That there is a resolution of some sort. We talked a lot about with Rothman. I'm not going to get into it uh, now. But what I was going to say is when it does happen, it will take a kind of Marshall Plan sort of collective work on the part of the world to build back Ukraine. It is uh, infrastructure. uh, The society has been uh, crushed under the fist of war. So I
6: have a question for you.
3: Yeah, so Kim McAllister, please, in the front row.
6: So if you wanted to stop by the White House and say hello to President Biden, how long would it take you to get there from where you are?
3: Uh, the White House is probably 20 minutes. By car? Or yeah. yeah. No, by car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I would take the park down into to let me tell you yeah. you know in the in the old days you could drive right up to the white house there was just a black fence there and be a bunch of people would take pictures you know what i mean yeah. and then these suicide bombers became more prevalent and they started putting up these various barriers those huge barriers concrete barriers and now you really can't get as close to the white house mm-hmm. it sort of sucks all the things and institutions that are really owned by the people or supposed to reflect the voice of the people uh, they're really much, much harder to uh, get to and to, um, uh, to be around. And there was a quality of Washington when I was growing up and I think I just took it for granted that you could sort of reach out and touch those institutions of government. Now, that doesn't speak to how they weren't still being run by the most powerful and wealthiest people and lobbies in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'd suggest that at least there was the sense that these various institutions were more accessible. That might be the yeah. word to use. So, yeah. So the White House is probably 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, Washington traffic is really crappy. And it started, and there's still aspects of this. It's just a smaller town, you know, like when you drive around Los Angeles or San Francisco. There is uh, in the city. I'd say that you can just get around more quickly. Maybe that's not true. I'll tell you. Here's where I noticed this. Just I, I noticed it. Let me just. There's so many um, speed bumps and one-lane roads around Washington D.C. Uh, there's and there's so many cops. There are more cops in Washington, and they're not all metro cops police cops, there are embassy cops, there are uh, Capitol Hill police officers, there's Secret Service everywhere. Because remember, Mm -hmm. there are embassies everywhere, okay? Yeah. Um, uh, It is astounding how many police officers there are. Uh, The only place I've seen a lot of cops like this, and they were on the street, they weren't in cruisers like all these other cops are that I've just mentioned, was Cuba. In Cuba, oh. there are a lot of cops. Well, because in Cuba, everybody's on the state dole, right? Yeah. And to keep to keep a fascist regime in power, you need to have a lot of cops to keep everybody in line, right? And so they do. Yeah. They have different levels of cops there as well. But there are tons of cops, and traffic is slow. And so, anyway, 20 minutes to the White House from here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to... Uh, quickly acknowledge so many who supported us. You know, we're crowdfunded, this show. And it sucks. When we were on KGO, we would concentrate on doing the show and getting guests and topics of conversation and fun things that we could do and a vibe for the show. And that's what we had to worry about. Because there were other people worrying about getting sponsorships and getting us um, monies to support KGO and our show. Uh, now we have to do it all. We have to do everything attention. And we have to get people to contribute. So in that spirit, if you have contributed whatever you can, it helps keep us here with you. I try to do things like work holidays and work all the time and uh, you know set up shop now, even though uh, we're dealing with some stuff personally uh, in a remote way. I try to do that as my commitment to you and so uh, that's to let you know, hey, I won't let you down. I'll keep this show on the air every way I can. And so thank you, all of you who have stepped up. Albert, do we have a... Uh, is this one you want to acknowledge, people? Yes, we do. RJ Dunn, $20. Morning, shout all. Shout out. Thank you, RJ. Big shout out for the Super hey, Series. Thank you, RJ. What, what up, RJ? Yeah. Thank you for that. That really helps. $20. Thank you, RJ. Andreas. Let's start a super chat party. That is a super chat. Ooh, $20. a idea, but it just might work. Oh, yeah, it's a party, baby. You know.
1: Thank you, thank party. you, thank you, thank you.
3: Let's kick off Black History Month with some super stickers, That's all I'm trying to say. Thank you. Andreas, here is a Greek rod. Master <laughs> of
6: your iron rod. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take
3: it, Andreas. Ellie, it take it? I, think I, I think I like it more than the iron rod. Uh, thank <laughs> you for that. All right. For the $20, Andreas, thank you. Mwah, appreciate that. Walter, what up, Walter? Hey, Walter. Aloha, Aloha. kid. Thank, thank you for nine ninety so, nine, Walter. So much. Thank you so, so much, Walter. Mahalo. I just need to tell you how nice it is to see you. And thank you for that contribution.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
3: Big Ten shout bucks. out. Big thank shout out, so to much. Dan. Big Dan Ashley shout out. Thank, thank you for Dan. the
6: nice thoughts. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Candace Worth, $9.99 super sticker. Love it, Candace. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Candace. Thank you. $9.99. Thank you. Louise John Rothman, the Jimmy G of intellectual political discourse. Equaling beautiful. He is a sexy fool, that John. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so, so much, Louise, for the $9.99. I assure you, it'll be used in the most positive ways. Kathy Crowell. Kathy Crowell, $5 super sticker. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you,
4: thank you, thank you,
3: thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Very, very cool. Andreas Kim, you are dead on with dead Phil. (laughs)
4: What
6: $20
3: was the dead Phil related to Phil McGraw?
6: I think so. I didn't, I don't think I called him dead. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I'm gonna go with that, Andreas.
3: Uh, Kim was not a big Dr. Phil fan. I think I don't think you should apologize for how you feel. Here's what I guess happened that he wrote Dr. Phil and it corrected to dead Phil, is what I'm guessing. Mm, But I might be, maybe not anyway. Um, John, if we are intellectually honest, we cannot discount how close NATO is to Russia. And we are NATO. Kennedy did not accept the Russians in Cuba. Andreas, for $20 with that super chat. I love that you you, made that point. But I and, and I not only want to acknowledge your super chat comment, but I want to acknowledge and respond to that thoughtful take. And we haven't heard a lot of this take. Here is that take in a in a and I and I feel as though it is with merit andreas is saying if you are russia you see around you the expansion of nato and the post world war ii building of a nato alliance that essentially and again this is the argument encircled and expanded around russia in such a way that putin and the politburo became haunted by the notion of an expanding NATO and a threatened Russia, okay? Now, you may say, yeah, Mark, well, that's what they say. But let's face it, Ukraine wasn't a part of NATO. They wanted to be part of NATO, but they weren't. Yeah, but they were sidling up to the West, and the argument goes that NATO expansionism and again, this is from a Russian perspective, a Russian government, Putin esque uh, perspective on that. The new extension seemed real. And charged with trying to represent the interests of Russia, they saw Ukraine teetering and increasingly teetering toward the West and NATO as a problem. And it became issue one for Putin. Should it have been? Reasonable minds can differ. But when Andreas made a point, it's a reasonable point to make. So that's why he talks about Kennedy not accepting the Russians in Cuba, so close to the U.S. That's the way Putin saw this NATO expansionism. He sees NATO on the doorstep of Russia through Ukraine, massive country that NATO was clearly, I say clearly, As I suggest, uh, there was clearly a NATO connection to Ukraine, even though Ukraine was not formally a NATO nation. Uh, I I think it's a reasonable point to be made, Andreas, and I'm glad you made it. Look, I understand we are normally talking about and what we are normally hearing in the West is that there is an imperative to protect Ukraine. You heard it from John Rothman. Uh, What happens? We can't let Ukraine fall. Isn't there a humanitarian imperative? These are all things that can be true. But when you talk about the trigger for the war, the uh, the argument that there was a strong NATO presence at the doorstep of Russia cannot be ignored. I'll just put it that way. Uh, Russia is not allowing assault inspections, causes of great concerns, and potential changes to our nuclear posture. Uh, agreed. Um, I think our relationship with Russia right now is when it comes to salt inspections, when it comes to UN relationships with Russia, Russia has become essentially isolationist. Um, Russia's looking for friends any place Russia can get them. That's why you're, you know, uh, they've got what, Iran, um, possibly Turkey. You know, when you talk about Russian sanctions, one of the effective ways they've evaded economic sanctions is through country like Tur- countries like Turkey. I thought I had that um, story slated, Albert. In, um...
6: No, no, we need to stay on task. You're not done saying thank you yet.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, uh, thank you, thank you for that point. Um, <laughs> thank you, so, Pamela Stevens. So much. Thank you so so much, Pamela. I did not mean to lose all the super sticker for nine ninety nine. Pamela, thank you, Pamela Stevens. I appreciate your support. The British thank you has a certain legal quality to it, doesn't it? <laughs> Dale Guthrie, 1999. What up, Gail? Thank, thank you, Dale Guthrie. Out. Thank you. Thank you. I'll give you the Chappelle. Thank Big you. Big shout out. Big shout out, Gail. Big Dan Ashley shout out to you. And to DiTiero. What up, DTRO? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for $20, $19.99 super sticker. Thank Di you, DiTierro. thank you,
1: thank you, thank you.
3: I haven't seen DTRO's name before, so I'm very excited to have, uh, and I'm probably blowing the name, but I hope uh, it's somewhat close. Um, Jim Slayton, party on Andreas, party on Wayne, nine ninety nine. <laughs> it's a super sticker, super chat
7: party.
1: Thank you so on the much. Compton
3: show. Thank you so, thank you so, so much. much. Thank you so, so much, Jim Slayton. Regular viewer. Wore the Mark Thompson beanie as we watched the Niners, sadly, succumb to the fates. Mm. The coldest cut of all. Injury. Anyway. Uh, Thank you, Jim Slayton. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um,
4: That's it. We made it through.
3: Oh, my gosh. That was terrific. Thank you, Albert. Thank you for uh, everything. Albert, Thanks. actually, uh, today, Kim, you know, we live out loud now. Like, yeah. I don't, there's no backroom conversation I have with Albert or we're yeah. going to do this. Uh, we we talk about it with the audience, too. Yeah. So, Albert, are you comfortable with me sharing the fact that uh, the plan for today?
2: Oh, that I'm leaving early?
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, that Albert is leaving early. Because he had, you know, Albert's got uh, other stuff to do. He's got a, in yeah. this case, I think it's a dental appointment or something. But yeah. Um. anyway, so yeah. Albert's leaving. Life early. goes so, on. So the, the drama that will play out is yeah. that at the end of the show, there are a lot of moving parts at the end of the show. We try to make You're it right. look, you know, like they're not. But yeah. so, Kim, are you prepared to oh, handle? Oh, this is a
6: surprise. I can do it. I can yeah. make it happen.
3: Okay. So what I'm will happen is yeah 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 if you all you need to do is throw to the um uh to the scrolling of all the people who are on patreon and also are on paypal okay those people are all all those names are at the end of the show that's all you have to do i can roll the you know farewell music and all that stuff okay yeah all right we all so i'm glad we got that worked out now um No, in the old days, like at KGO, like during a commercial, we'd work this out, right? Sure. I'd say we could talk, but now we don't have that. So we're no. always, one of us is always on the air. So there's no real way to do it. Um, uh, I had a, oh, another. We have one yeah. more.
6: Can oh. I do it one more? Because we've got one more.
3: Hell yeah, let's do it. Jackie Walker, big shout out. Thank you. Thank, you, you,
4: Jackie thank
3: Walker. you. Thank you. and a Big thank shout you, out. Thank you. Yeah, Dan, Dan Ashley, shout out. We need Dan Ashley on we we I think we're doing story national and and this be like tokenism, but it is Black History Month. We do need Spencer Christian. He grew up in the Jim Crow South. Yeah, Spencer Christian has stories of growing up with the segregation. and mm-hmm. I'd love to got, at least to have him stuff through. So
6: you're digitally bugging out a little bit here and there, just to let you know. I know you get mad no, when we really. don't tell you, but. Yeah, Yeah, it's not so bad. It's not bad enough to freak out over, but, you know. Okay. Damn it. And one more, Sandra Thomas for $10 as well. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you so, so much.
3: Thank you, Sandra. I don't know if you can hear me, but thank you, darling. Thank you, darling. I can hear you. Kim, if you'd be so kind. You know, I actually noticed listening yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, When I listened back, I noticed that you, of course, you sound so great because you've got the mic there. I forgot the which uh, is just a classic yeah. Mark Thompson move, and uh, I brought all the rest of the rig. But I forgot the mic. Um, so when you speak, it actually sounds better. Just the quality mm-hmm. of the you know of the audio. Indeed. Now with my signal breaking up, it may sound even better. So you may want to pick up the mantle as best you can. Okay. Um, yeah, Dan Ashley and um, Spencer Christian will join this month. So that's still to come. The two missing monkeys at the Dallas Zoo—they were found, right, Kim?
6: Oh, so good! Yeah, what? except that they were found in a weird place. Would you like to expound on that, or well, are you frozen in time? Oh no, I,
3: I thought you were going to expound. Okay. We were found in a oh, weird place. Oh, 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 yes. I was waiting. That was a great. So, uh, I pause. and then I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking. No, oh, I've I lost my like, signal. She's not going uh, to tell. No, no,
6: no. Okay, so yes, they're they're get it, they get a tip that these monkeys are in an abandoned house in the Dallas area. So they go to the suburb and they go into this house and they find these two monkeys locked in a closet. And I mean, I don't know what would have happened if no one had found them, but they find these monkeys in this closet in this abandoned home and they take them to safety. So I guess you could say all's well that ends well, but who takes a couple of monkeys and then takes them to a house and locks them in a closet. I can't even imagine what would motivate that type of thing. So it's horrifying. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So uh, let's just review the Dallas Zoo, which has a good reputation. As I've suggested, they don't deserve it, but they have it. Um, they've had multiple fences cut, multiple habitats. I use that word. I mean, these are controlled habitats within the zoo, breached, and they've had multiple animals jacked out of there. One of which has died that I know of. I don't know what the numbers are, but the monkeys were returned. Are there any other, they had birds that were taken out too. One of the birds was killed. I don't know. They had a a vulture
6: that was killed. They also, uh, some uh, wire fencing was cut, allowing uh, some other animals to escape their enclosures at the zoo, but all have been found. And I think everybody else is okay.
3: Uh. Valerie nine, two, three on Twitter saying, enjoying Wednesday's show on my television after a minor ear procedure to insert a tube in my right ear. Oh no. It's popular with young kids, but this senior was having issues. So nice to chillax with the Mark Thompson show on the big screen, recuperating.
6: Cool. Rest up up with that ear. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Rest Get, get that ear working soon. Yeah. Big shout out. Um, Big big shout out is right.
4: Um,
3: There is also I wanted to um, I thought I had some uh, news on just what you were talking about, which was I'm looking at Twitter now.
6: Are you talking Um, about the monkeys?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Can I show you a picture of the monkeys? There they are. This is the Tamarind monkey. They have that mustache on their face. That's what they're known for, That like the little white handlebar mustache. So they're kind of cute little guys.
3: Oh, they're cute, and I think they're not not in uh, not in the best shape worldwide in terms of their numbers. Are they dwindling? uh, Not cool to, um, yeah. Uh, Can
6: you imagine? I mean, what would possess someone to lock a monkey in a closet? Two of them.
3: It's it's kind of just uh, basic, you know, mayhem creators, you know, chaos creators. This is just sort of like vandals, maybe you want to call it, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, I think that's, uh, it was, you know, I thought it interesting, and you may, um, you may find this striking. This is news from the world of academics in California. Albert, if you would please, a stinger.
4: The Mark Thompson Show.
3: Well, I've just realized that I've got to do a Kim's news. That's all right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll
6: play. It no, by not air. whatever.
3: You, I've got it. Do- if you call for it, it, it's to-
6: coming. If you don't, it's not. It's, that's. that's i just. Re- I haven't.
3: I'm not watching the clock. All the things that I'm used to having, all the elements right in front of me, I don't have. It's all right. Um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll break for news, news today. and then <laughs> when I come back, I want to talk about the move that is real. That colleges are considering overhauling the grading system for freshmen to ease them into the college experience. They may get rid of grades completely. Uh, It's a...
0: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter
2: what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file
6: by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be
0: modified or terminated at any time.
3: What? It's something that's happening. Yeah, it's happening in California. It's a, kind of happening? It's, it's a story out of Santa Cruz. college is
6: that? What is happening?
3: It's a story out of Santa Cruz. it's a wild idea, but it
6: just might work. <laughs>
3: uh, and they're replacing the college... Uh, Grades with dings. They're going to, anytime somebody does something <laughs> well, they're going to hit them with a ding, which is a nice thing. Yeah, and everyone, they use a larger, yeah, they're going to go to the ding system. It was inspired by our show, we're very excited by that. Yeah. So, uh, it's ridiculous. you know, those at the top of the class are the ones with the most dings at the end of the semester. Yeah. Uh, Kim's News, and we continue next, and I'll tell you about that grading system. Mark Thompson show.
6: Show. I'm Kim McAllister and this report sponsored by tax attorney Steve Moskowitz. So we'll start it out with the interest rates going up yet again. The Federal Reserve hiked rates by a quarter percentage point. The central bank has been aggressively raising interest rates over the last year. That, of course, in a bid to get inflation completely under control.
3: And, and the reason this is a an absolute uh, mistake is because inflation is co- coming under control. You heard David K. Johnson tell us about it yesterday. You've seen pieces in the Wall Street Journal. I'm happy to review it for you when Kim's news wraps up. But the reality is that the economy is coming back in line and that the Fed is now they are over-clamping down on this economy, and this is how you can risk recession. I, 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 based on everything I've read, it's as though they're ignoring all of the good news and they are still operating on news from six months ago when it comes to inflation. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, they control the rates and it's a quarter percent.
6: Uh, it is a quarter percentage point, indeed.
3: Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. Thanks, Kim. So Sorry.
6: We have that to look forward to. Mm hmm. Uh, Tyree Nichols being laid to rest. His funeral underway now in Tennessee. The funeral is taking place at Mississippi Boulevard Christian Church in Memphis. Vice President Kamala Harris is in attendance. Reverend Al Sharpton delivering the eulogy. The family attorney Ben Crump will give a call to action there as well. And as we've been talking about, Tom Brady stepping back once again, he now is possibly just five years away from being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Can we say that? Or is that too too premature? I I mean, I think it's a given, right, that he will be. Oh, my God. They
3: call him the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah.
6: So the Hall tweeted Brady. That'd be great,
3: though. We think he's the greatest of all time. But we're not sure about Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs)
6: the hall tweeted brady would be eligible for induction in 2028 the announcement coming after brady revealed he'll be retiring from the nfl what about coming to the 49ers buddy come on leave us high and dry with all the quarterbacks injured i don't like that a president biden's (laughs) attorney says "Mm -mm, no documents no documents with classified markings were found at the president's home in Rehoboth Beach. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Rehoboth Beach, Rehoboth, Delaware. Rehoboth.
3: We used to the vacation there all the time. I imagine. Okay.
6: Yeah. Well, he's got a house there in Rehoboth and uh, there are no documents at that house. So good news. The FBI searched the residence this morning, but you know, the, the fact that there was even a question... I don't know. Um, they they looked there this morning as part of an ongoing classified documents investigation. The president's personal lawyer said it was a planned search. The president had uh, given full support, full cooperation as they were looking for more documents because Lord knows where all these documents are going to turn up next time. I don't know. Here's uh, <laughs> something, <laughs> something for you, Mark, that uh, I think you'll be interested to know. You're not the only guy who over time, over history, has liked hanging out in a bar. Because now we know that uh, there was the oldest pub discovered. Archaeologists in Iraq say they have found an ancient pub dating back to 2700 BCE. CNN reports researchers in Lagash found the tavern 19 inches below the surface. It was split into an open-air space and room with seating, an oven, an ancient food remains there. It even had a 5,000-year-old makeshift refrigerator. So they were uh, living it up at bars and pubs way back when.
3: Yeah, they knew how to make a drink back then, Kim. That's right.
6: (laughs) He had to make a cocktail in Lagash, you know? This report sponsored by tax attorney Steve Moskowitz. For more than 30 years, Steve also knows how to make a cocktail. Uh, He's been putting his tax knowledge to work for individuals and for businesses. If you need help with your taxes, it's Steve Moskowitz. You've got to call. 888-TAX-DEAL. He's also at moskowitzllp.com. I'm Kim McAllister on The Mark Thompson Show.
4: Thompson show. I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do.
0: Who's Mark Thompson?
7: Everything is going extremely well.
4: I'm sorry Dave, I'm afraid I can't do
6: I apologize to every preacher and pastor.
5: What he's got going here is a situation.
7: We have processes and protocols and standards.
0: No, no, no.
4: Sixty percent of the time it works every time Woohoo!
3: Yeah, right <laughs> there on. He is. Yeah, you know it, kids. I love that little run. Thank you, Albert. Thank you everybody for being here. Yes. I am um, uh, I'm remote, so I know the signal is a little in and out. We're on uh, my mom and dad's Wi Fi. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a dream come true. I really hope that I would, the apex <laughs> of my career would be on uh, my mom and dad's Wi Fi someday. So uh, this is it. Uh, you're seeing it. Uh, smash the like button like a boss. Keeping the show on the air. Thank you for the thumbs up. I think we've done some good stuff today, actually. You started smash it with your
0: iron rod,
3: with the comet. And Dr. Ed Krupp, who is a superstar in the world of astronomy. That was a great yeah. booking, and we're so happy to have him. That was right out of the chute. Then we got John Rothman. We touched on Kamala Harris's viability, Ukraine situation, the GOP, the debt ceiling, all of that. And uh, we've updated the monkey situation, Tom Brady, a lot of stuff in the show today. Uh, we'll get to the Santa Cruz thing, but you saw what George Santos is now doing, The um, everybody's favorite uh congressman george santos republican from new york announcing yesterday after we got off the air this was breaking news that he is temporarily stepping down from his two congressional committees because of uh ethics issues uh it's suggested and he's faced numerous calls as you know for his resignation um prosecutors are actually looking at his campaign finances and lies about his resume and family background. So he really has the full menu. It's like the Cheesecake Factory menu of issues. <laughs> and um, good for him for, you know, stepping back a little bit. And um, he was signed a couple of fairly low profile panels, the Small Business uh, House Committee and the House Committee space. on the Science, Space and Technology. Yeah. Right? He wants to step back from those. so. I think what's happening is with Santos, tell me if you agree, is he is being hounded by the media now. The exposure, and by the way, I'll remind you, and we pointed this out on this show, that in his district, it was known that he had likely falsified parts of his history and parts of his resume. It was talked about and reported by the local paper. But because, and this is what I again had mentioned to you before, generally these small congressional races don't get media attention. So you can pretty much get away with saying whatever you want, and national media doesn't pick it up because it's not click worthy. It doesn't bring eyeballs. People don't care about some congressional district in New York where the guy running has lied about his resume. I mean, you, you're going to find that on nightly news. No, it's I mean, what's that going to bump care. out of the way?
6: The voters care. The vote- I mean- And
3: also, he should
6: care. You don't go around lying about things like that. That reflects on you personally. (laughs)
3: Okay. (laughs) I'm laughing because, I mean, of course you're right, but that's just... And you know that it's a naive position. I mean, I know, there's more lying. I, I just, I'm in Washington, D.C. <laughs> this is the apex of lies. There are, you have to, you're jumping over lies on your way to correct okay. other lies in this town. But
6: imagine, like, if you told a lie like that and you were caught, I, I don't know about you, I'd be mortified. Mortified. So embarrassed. He should yeah, but be more... hiding in shame right now, and instead he's parading around Washington, D.C., probably marching through the patio right behind you, waving and saying, oh, "Yeah, I'm George Santos, and nope, I'm not leaving unless, uh, you know, the voters ask for me to go. No.
3: Uh, it always depends on the kind of lie, if you actually really want to get into the the, the lie, but of course you're right. I think about uh, what's his name? We said he was hiking the Allegheny Trail when he was actually in South America with his girlfriend, who he was playing around with uh, on his wife. Uh, I'll, uh, Google it and you can find it. Um, and he was going to step down for some of the reasons that you suggested. It was humiliating, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, he, he leaned back in. Uh, that's a great story in itself. Uh, and if you Google it and read about it, you'll see how he... Uh, they circled the wagons around him for particularly the religious right. And they were able to build a a wall of support around him. And the reason that was important is because of power. And so this gets to Kim's, I think, to her general comment. And what I would say is that power and winning is the whole game in Washington. Who cares that you said... um, we can't vote on a supreme court seat and confirm someone in the last year of a term but yeah. then with a month left in the next term when it's your guy you do vote that's yeah. there's a lie right there i mean you see what i'm saying I would the call end, that
6: hypocrisy not lying well you know, uh, okay call I it what you it want my guy i call know. it lying i call yeah. it
3: lying in other words he said we wouldn't ne- he said we would never do this I would right. never do this, and if I do it, you can play this tape uh, back to me and hold me to account. Right, uh, and then he did do it. So, in other words, he was yeah. lying. You can call it yeah. hypocrisy. Also, yeah, of course, yeah. but it's a lie. I, I, I yeah. what I'm trying to say is that uh, this is a town that was built on uh, power and lies and misrepresentation and making up your own facts, and more than ever, I'd say yeah. uh, that carries the day. So yeah, uh, I
6: think you're right, sadly.
3: uh, How's my signal?
6: (laughs) uh, Pretty good. I think it was McCarthy. I think McCarthy has pressure on this guy. And I think he asked him to step down temporarily while the ethics investigation is ongoing. That's not based in any fact. That's just kind of reading (laughs) between the lines of, of all the stories I've read about what's happening
3: uh mortified is a ding word. Congratulations, Kim, on getting a ding. Tom, as you know, is our unofficial <laughs> keeper of the ding. You know, I'll he if there was a um as I've said to you, uh, you know, an umpire chair where the uh ding master mortified was is
6: a ding word. I think mortified's kind of pedestrian. I'll take it though. I'll take wow. a ding where I can get a ding, people.
3: I think mortified is legit ding word. I agree with All him right. on that. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm looking for the ding. I don't really do this stuff, and Albert is just in... there, you go. there. You go. Um, the uh, but the reality is that uh, Santos uh, I, I'm suggesting is now so hounded by media that he just wants to draw back into his office and you know wait it out. And by the way, the media will move on. I know this seems like a front and center story, but the media will move on.
6: I feel Uh, like he should be under his desk, red-faced, and stay there in a corner, shivering, hoping that someone takes him back to New York where he can go back to his life, and the spotlight will be off of him.
3: He is too valuable to the GOP. I mean, that's a a key seat. He won that seat however he won it, and that's what my point is, that winning is everything, the ends justifying the means. The first step on the road to obtaining a coveted Bachelor of Science degree can be laden with potholes and supersized classes. Difficult material and rigorous grading. Yeah, called college. Yeah, it's called college.
6: It's why you tell your kids, you know, you think this is hard. Wait till you get to college, right?
3: Quote, you're like a student ID number, said UC Santa Cruz student Sylvain Vacarino Ruiz, recalling his Psych 100 course. Quote, they packed over 100 students into that class. And I just remember feeling, how am I supposed to learn these things? Or have my ideas even being considered? Uh, so they call these weed out classes or gatekeeper classes where they essentially have all of these students, they make the class rigorous enough in terms of its demands that kids get shaken out. And what they're saying now, um, is they want to change that this is happening in Santa Cruz. Okay. But it might be a trend elsewhere. Um, you're trying to move things from the focus being a score to the focus being a learning, said a biology teacher who is the assistant faculty director at UCSC's um, Center for Innovations in Teaching and Learning. Oh,
4: so, Lord.
3: yep, that now they're um, in recent years, world-class universities from MIT to Johns Hopkins to Brown have been experimenting with various ways to reduce the stress of the first year of college. And make the grading system fairer for students who didn't graduate from prestigious high schools. Mm -hmm. That experiment got a big boost last March in this report that was written by the University of California uh, Office of the President. The report says that traditional grading practices, quote, may perpetuate bias and inequities against economically disadvantaged students and those who are the first in their families to attend college. So UC Santa Cruz, I know we have a lot of Santa Cruz viewers, apparently they say that's the perfect sized institution to road test this theory. And for that reason, they are looking at the pros and cons of ungrading, which is what this was called, uh, because it's a, you know, UC Santa Cruz has always had a counterculture system Mm -hmm. associated with it and so this kind of experiment might do very well there
6: so what is it going to be like a pass fail instead of grades
3: um so they talk about um either a let me i'm looking at the historically the grades the average male got a c in their first year and they're looking at um
6: well that makes sense
3: yeah. But what they're sorry, what they're,
6: sorry boys.
3: No, I know no, but it, what um they want to have evaluations instead of grades is what they're looking mm-hmm. at. Okay. And then the emphasis will be on grades in the upper classes. Meaning if you take an advanced psych class, you take an advanced right. chemistry class, that's when there'll be more of an emphasis on grades. So they're
6: gonna, they're gonna ease sophomore into junior college. year,
3: ease yeah. into it. Exactly.
6: What's going to be more
3: important will be how students perform in upper level science courses, Mm -hmm. said the senior director at the Association of American Medical Colleges. Um, He served on several medical school admissions committees, so he's a good Mm -hmm. person to listen to. Advocates of ungrading say if it's done right, it'll shift the focus back to learning and away from grades in a way that helps students adjust to the rigor of college, regardless of their educational background. Anyway, that's happening at UC Santa Cruz. Uh, good luck, hey man. <laughs> college was a bitch. I remember, you know, it was a well, bitch.
6: It, it makes those first year parties a little bit more exciting because no one has to <laughs> worry about it. Like, yeah, don't worry about going to class tomorrow. Just have another beer. Uh, John Watson writes: UC Santa Cruz didn't even have grades back in the '80s. I chose to go to UC Davis instead because of that.
3: Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, the '90s. Writes, yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
6: Let's make college even more meaningless. Great idea.
3: Um, there was an option of getting letter grades um, in 1997. And I'm talking about UC Santa Cruz, okay? And um, the faculty voted overwhelmingly to make letter grades mandatory for all undergraduates in at least three quarters of their classes. That was in 1997. So there's been at UC Santa Cruz always this kind of, Appetite for experimenting in this area. And now this is their latest. JR
6: says, one of the few US schools where surfing is an elective. (laughs) (laughs) And WH King says, what a bunch of babies. A human biology class I took at San Francisco State had 800 students.
3: That's true. I mean, those college classes that are immense, not necessarily that unusual. And they're hard. You know, we all want a little personal attention, right? So, I mean, anyway, that's what's going on at
4: UC Santa Cruz. The Mark Thompson Show.
3: I hate when people confuse education with intelligence. And it says, uh, sorry, uh, Mackay. You can have a degree and still be an idiot. That's true. That's true. That's way true see, Santa Cruz initially had evaluations and not letter grades. Right, there you go, Laura. I think they've, they've, they've really occupied the full spectrum of uh, different things when it comes to the way they evaluate uh, grading. So um, a concealed gun carry permit approved in San Francisco thanks to the Supreme Court. This out of the Chronicle. Uh, I'm uh, not keen on the San Francisco concealed gun situation. It's a rare concealed gun permit that went all the way to the Supreme Court. It was um, for the first time since a landmark U.S. Supreme Court ruling last year, the San Francisco Sheriff's Office approved a residence application to carry a concealed weapon. We did approve our first concealed carry permit, said Tara Mariardi, a spokesperson for the Sheriff's Office.
6: She's awesome, by the way, and a friend.
3: The guy who got the uh, application and the approval is a guy who's an automobile body shop uh, attendant in the Tenderloin. Uh, the Supreme Court in June ruled that states with strict gun laws could not force residents to show a special need for self-defense in order to obtain permits allowing hidden firearms. Mm-hmm. Big shift in many jurisdictions in California, including San Francisco. I mean, as you know, you haven't been able to get a concealed carry permit in San Francisco.
6: Never, Mm-mm, never. It was unheard of. Yeah. And now this is what the, being the first one. That's interesting. And I mean, I I guess we're going to have people all over San Francisco packing. You won't yeah. know who's who. You know.
3: That's right. Uh, this is interesting. I
6: suppose one could make the argument that they already do. <laughs> there already are people packing all over San Francisco.
3: Well, that's what yeah, people say. Other people are packing. Why can't, why yeah. can't I carry? I mean, I'm yeah. having to deal with any number of uh, people who are packing. But um, I was going to ask you a question to go out on. Uh, just uh, I think it's sort of interesting. I would have – it's a maybe a guessable number. Um, and uh, it is this. In 2014, this is the last time I have a, a figure for it. In 2014, how many people had those concealed permits, the the license, concealed, um, they call them CCWs. What does that stand for? Concealed?
6: Concealed carry.
3: Concealed carry. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, concealed carry permits. How many in 2014 in all of San Francisco? had those concealed oh. uh, carry permits. Any guesses in the chat? So you
6: have uh, you have off-duty police officers. I would imagine they let cops have it, right?
3: Oh, but they'd already ha- they'd already have it. I'm talking about um well let me just tell you exactly what and I'm talking about.
6: Federal police. Don't you have to have a concealed carry permit if you're off duty? I don't know how that works.
3: No, 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 no. Uh, I I mean so, I mean, citizen civilians who have it. Oh, I'm not talking okay. about law enforcement. I'm talking about people who applied and had it approved. Okay. I'm going
6: to, okay. I won't. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, you can,
3: I, you can guess. You can I'll guess. say
6: 10. I'll say 10.
3: Uh, what do they say in the chat?
6: A uh, huge in Japan says five.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
6: William Lundgren says 47. Mm. Um, I'm corrected. Someone says cops don't need a license. John Slade has 15. I think that's probably pretty reasonable.
3: Yeah. So the actual retail price is accurately guessed on the nose by Kim McAllister. 10. Really? Oh. Is the answer. That's exactly right.
6: I didn't yeah. look it up, I promise.
3: Yeah, it's pretty big. I'm not gonna cry. I'm, gonna cry. <laughs> I'm not gonna cry, but I am going to give you credit. Yeah.
6: I mean, I would have gone higher if, if you had told me police needed one when they're off duty, but if they don't right. need one, That it has to be like, you know, maybe a judge who's under threat or something like that has to be very, you know, rare cases. But now not anymore. Now they're just going to pass pass them out like candy. Uh,
3: Apparently, I mean, the Supreme Court has made it more possible. Uh, You had to pass a a background check and uh, go through a psychological evaluation in the old days, um, as well as complete a firearm safety qualification training uh, course before getting the permit. The interview uh, with this guy, Zhang, who got the permit uh, in the Tenderloin, that's the one that went to the Supreme Court. He's the one who works for the uh, auto. Um, He says the growth in open drug use and dealing in the Tenderloin was recent uh, in recent years prompted him to request this permit and to Mm -hmm. um, ultimately appeal it and to get it approved. Yeah. Um, So
6: he's probably around a lot of crime.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe mean, it feels like and, he needs to
6: protect himself. But the question, I am mean, for me, it's like you—you remove yourself from the crime, then, because do you really want to be have to deal with the aftermath of hurting someone? I wouldn't.
3: Well, yeah, of course, th- there's that as well. But I mean, I think in the moment, you want a way to defend yourself. You know? Yeah, I guess mace and these other things that you might, you know, be able to carry—they—they—they they, they aren't sufficient. But um, anyway. Um, but that's the latest on on that. I think it's b- big news and I'll just mention one thing as a footnote to that. The effort to get that approved and take to the Supreme Court, it was backed by a lot of these gun lobby groups, right? I mean, there's a legal fund and legal effort to make your right to carry a gun. and you may feel that you want that right, you know, I mean, I understand that many of you may be in that in that camp. Uh, there's an effort to underwrite all those legal opportunities like this one in San Francisco to make the point that all Americans everywhere in every city and municipality should have the right to carry a firearm. Again, uh, that is underwritten by these groups, you know, CNRIA, et cetera. But there are a bunch of other sort of subsidiary or alternate, you know, operations that quack the same way. So uh, Walter
6: says my father would say if you need a gun on the nightstand where you sleep, you need to move.
3: That's such a great line. Such a great line. Yeah. Ain't it true? Um John says this.
6: At least you're still around to feel bad about it. I had someone break into my house and we had to use a gun to scare them off.
3: Right. I mean, I I, I think it's um increasingly where there are these follow home robberies. You saw what happened at the Pelosi home, and all of a sudden, yeah, I don't know if yeah. a gun's the answer. I feel as though a dog's the answer, but I wouldn't get a dog uh, if I'm not ready to have a dog in the family and treat the dog like a loving member of the family. Don't get right. a dog just because it's a thing to help you right. with security. I mean, that's yeah. not the reason you get a dog, and it's also not the way to get a dog. And and it uh, it's a um, but a dog is a lovable creature. And that barking will affect, um, a security situation. I'll just say that. So, uh, I want to mention Nikki's show. Will you please mention Nikki's show while I get organized?
6: Got a quarterback problem. We'll talk about that on the Nikki Maduro show starting in just a moment here. Uh, Black History Month. We'll talk about that. Um, Mr. Beast Philanthropy being criticized now. Ooh, Mr. Beast, really? And then uh, Louis Mirante with the Bay Area Council talking about the housing uh, deadline here in California. And uh, doorbell versus text poll is up, so we'll be taking a quick poll on the Nikki Maduro show, and I will be over there with her. That starts in uh, just a minute, Oh well, right about now. Uh, so, what is gonna... a
3: doorbell versus text poll?
6: I, I don't know. I'll find out.
3: Oh, okay. I thought it was something that I because uh, that, that that the that the cool kids are doing. But it's, yeah, yeah it's not okay. It are, is, there any, um, are there <laughs> any? Are there any? Other acknowledgements, loose ends that I need to tie up for today. Please, Kim, you can tell I don't
6: think there. I don't think there are, are well, any loose ends. I think that we've got it going. Yeah, it was a it's great good show. News.
4: It's
3: good news, and it was a, it was a very good show. I mean, I thought, given the all the contributors were great. Yeah, I think you're great. No, I think you're great. I think Albert's great. I think I'm great, but I'll admit these are. You know, I'm I'm hobbled a little bit by the. The technical stuff, but I appreciate so much uh, yeah. us all pushing through and all the way that you all the ways you support us. Everybody's been very supportive. So,
6: hey give our cool. love to your dad this afternoon, okay? I
3: will. I truly okay. will. Um, also, I'll mention tomorrow. Uh, Belinda Weymouth is here. I think there's also another guest we'll do. It's the planet stupid. I forget. what's the other guest we have tomorrow?
6: Is it Avila and Sure?
3: No, that'll be on Friday. Both Jim okay. and um, and Michael will be on Friday. But much to do as we continue I'm here Shelby from Washington, Stevens D.C. For the
4: Mark Johnson Show. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Really do appreciate all the support. And jump over to Mickey's show. And until tomorrow, bye-bye.